0: welcome in again this is mile 19 of the seconds flat running podcast presented by run in i'm travis alongside ben benjamin how are you i am fabulous enjoy the meet this
1: weekend oh my gosh i almost feel motivated
0: (laughs) the ncaa cross country championships will be one of our first topics as we recap everything that happened in madison Later in the show, we will also have the second half of our Trail Talk with Friends, our discussion. We wrap up with really detailed tips on crewing for ultra races, great advice for beginning trail runners, and then we go around the horn with all of our trail favorites from shoes to places to run let's start it with the NCAA champs in a snowy cold Madison, Wisconsin on Saturday. It was cross country weather in the women's race. First, a cold weather team sure took advantage of it. Danny Jones.
1: Gosh, the people's champ.
0: Wowzers. Yeah, man. A 1500 meter star is your NCAA 6K women's cross-country champion. Danny surged late past leader Wayne Kalati. Kaladi led for much of the race. Pretty honest pace, taken out Anna Rohr of Notre Dame, led early. Kaladi took over, but didn't have a huge surge. Allowed some people to stick around. And Jones, with that great kick, hammered at the end uphill for the win. And the Colorado team won convincingly their third national championship 18 years ago they had a team national championship and an individual champion as well with Kara Goucher. a great name. Hopefully maybe someday Danny Jones is on that scale as well. We had the discussion a little bit earlier this week where'd we put her in that pantheon of Colorado Greats and, She's certainly emerged as a national champion. Before we get into the race details, Benji,
1: Danny Jones going forward, what do you see from the NCAA champ? Oh gosh, the sky is the limit. Absolutely. Uh, She has to be riding a huge wave of confidence. Um, She's now a three-time national champion. She ran an impressive summer track series, lowering her 1500 PB by a ton. I was really excited watching the race just because of the conditions, the rolling terrain, the snow. I knew it was going to favor a 1,500-meter specialist just because they're so used to changing paces in their race where a longer-distance runner such as Kaladi or Edna Kurgat from New Mexico are used to being in rhythms for sustained periods of time. The change in tempo didn't phase Danny Jones, who's used to this. And so when it came down to the final stretch, she still had the wheels to go because her legs were acclimated to it.
0: Yeah, you and I have talked about this a lot before that cross-country on true cross-country courses and in real cross-country conditions looks a lot like the gear changes of the mile or 1500 meter race. And that certainly played into Danny's favor in this race. For the men, it was a three-peat for the Northern Arizona University Lumberjacks. And your individual champion is Morgan McDonald. Wins it for Bucky Badger. We did predict correctly both the individual and team winners in the men's race. Picks weren't so bad on the women's side either. We both had Danny in our top five. The big pick that everybody's wondering about is who will eat the taquitos. And it looks like I have come out as a loser. Both of our dark horse picks, if you want to call it that, had pretty decent days. Yeah, they ran great. And... Also in the women's races as well. I had Jessica Hull, who ended up third in the race as my dark horse. You had
1: Dorcas Wasiki of Louisville, yep. who ended up in an All-American position Another All-American,
0: as well. so nice work. But if all the taquitos have not yet been consumed, I guess I will be consuming them some point in the near future. There are dose in a box mm. waiting for you. Uh, my stomach is growling just thinking about it. McDonald got the win over maybe the favorite Grant Fisher going in. Probably was the the people's favorite. Our favorite, local favorite, Aaron Templeton. Golly. What a performance. Aaron Templeton of Furman with a fifth-place finish great showing he actually took the lead at about maybe 8k into this and we were watching together and we were both about ready to blow up we got so fired up yeah he was leading into the final straightaway yeah he pulled his decisa and ripped off all the layers got rid of the gloves and the arm sleeves and made a move and
1: hawked a loogie at the camera
0: i love that always one of my favorite moves aaron templeton Where was he
1: this time last year, Benji? He finished 141st at this meet in 2017. Moving up 136 spots. Great math. Not
0: too shabby. We might see some of him in the track season as well in the spring.
1: Look for him to go under that 14-minute barrier.
0: Yeah, great performance from Aaron Templeton. Congratulations to him. And to all the the winners now, men's storyline, northern Arizona. Will they get a 4 Pete?
1: I'm saying yes, absolutely.
0: You're locking them in as your presumptive favorite going into next year.
1: I think you'd be foolish not to. They returned three All-Americans from this year. Mm -hmm. They redshirted the best high schooler in the nation last year who ran a four-flat mile. Brody Hasty. Brody Hasty and an eight-flat 3K. And that type of strength is almost unheard of in high school distance running.
0: I'll add to that, they do bring in one of the top recruits in the country, Drew Bosley out of Wisconsin. They're definitely going to be really good again, well coached under Mike Smith. I am going to go ahead and call myself foolish based on your definition. While I would not be surprised at all, and I think they are the champion until someone takes that away from them, I'm going to say BYU is the favorite going into next year with everything they have coming back. Now, with that said, I think NAU does a great job of attacking each season, not as what did we do last year, but seizing the chance to be a champion again. Uh, The training has obviously been fantastic. They're now at this point where they're seasoned and they expect to win and they know what it takes. They didn't even get a great day by his standards from Matt Baxter, who faded off into, well, in the teens, it wasn't like he blew up, but it wasn't his best performance. So I'm going to take BYU as my favorite for the team title next year. Do you have an individual favorite? Are you willing to go out on that limb?
1: I'm going to go with Edwin Kergat of yeah, Iowa, Iowa State. Iowa State, okay. Uh, he was there. I mean, he finished 0. 0.6 seconds behind the mm-hmm. winner. You had a nasty kick. I'm going with Kergat. Yeah,
0: that's a good one. Rodriguez from Oklahoma Ooh. State, maybe? Great showing from him. Connor Mance, BYU, obviously. I mean, he was out in front. He looked like he was working. He did a lot of work to to lead that race the other day.
1: Also, returned the two Colorado Buffaloes and Joe Klecker and John Dressel, who were both top 10 finishers. They had a
0: great race. They were right up in that pack from the beginning, marking every move.
1: The best one, two, three in the NCAA with three guys in the top 11.
0: Yeah, and you know what? That's a team that you expect to probably find some depth for next year, too and we know they're they're well coached with a tradition of winning. I'd love to see Joe Klecker at the front of that pack next year. That's a hard-working man there. It's a
1: big-chested man.
0: Yes, it is. Barrel-chested Joe Klecker uh, could be a name to watch out for next year at NCAA cross country. Other thoughts from the weekend
1: in Wisconsin? I would love to see the national championship back there. Absolutely. Uh-huh. They did an amazing job of getting fan support. They had over 250 Wisconsin Badger alums come out. Come back to watch the
0: team? That's awesome. Um, They
1: think that it was record-setting numbers for total attendance Mm -hmm. for a national championship. And just the course itself um, proved to be spectator-friendly. You could see everyone running from one point to the other. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like everyone made it from one point to another. Except we did have the
0: moment during the coverage when the float track commentators thought there had been a spill on the course <laughs> that was in fact actually just someone running alongside as a spectator.
1: And wiping out.
0: And wiping out. We heard the commentators scream out, we have a fall! And it was just a fan. I agree. Great course. I do love the weather aspect of it. But that that's a fantastic venue to run. I've had the, the pleasure to run on that course. And... It would be great there every year. It's great in a lot of other places, though, too. Terre Haute's a great experience in Indiana. We're going to see what it's like in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Oklahoma State University is going to host. So we'll see going forward. But uh, certainly some of the the cold-weather teams had a really nice showing. Anything else, Ben?
1: Oh, also shout-out to Templeton's Furman teammate, Savannah Carnahan, Mm -hmm. who placed 20th at the meet and earned herself an All-American spot.
0: Yep, a couple All-Americans coming back. To Greenville, South Carolina. So, congratulations to both of them. It's onward and upward to indoor track season here soon. I guess we'll be at Boston University and University of Washington for some big meets not too long down the road. In other upcoming action, we are less than two weeks out from the US Marathon Championships at California International Marathon. That will be Sunday, December 2nd. It's a 7 a.m. Pacific Time gun for the point-to-point race from Folsom to Sacramento, California, where we will crown a U.S. champion. While some of the creme de la creme will not be there, having raced already at New York and Chicago this fall... The next tier of really big American names are there, and it's a very deep field. Wanted to highlight some of the names to watch there. Uh, this was uh, the place where Tim Ritchie broke 212 last year, and we might see potentially the second fastest American of the year in the men's field behind Galen Rupps, 206. We have a couple guys with PRs that would say they can push it. Uh, In the women's race, we also might see a chase for a course record there. It's a two twenty seven high course record. Benji, who sticks out to you in the field
1: at CIM? Well, staying true to the success of Flagstaff, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm really excited to see Stephanie Bruce, yeah, hero mom runner, out there crushing the streets. Steph Bruce comes right back
0: off of New York City a few weeks ago, and she had i believe an 11th place finish in new york she's got a pr of two twenty nine thirty five running with northern arizona elite and she will give it another attempt at cim that is a quick turnaround that she said she's ready to give a try she said at this point in her career it's not something she would typically do but you only get so many chances another person on a quick turnaround that i'm excited to see is sarah crouch top american at chicago she is doubling back off of a 232.44 PR. We also have some local interest here. Former U.S. Marathon champion from a few years back and Greenville native Esther Atkins with a 233.15 PR will be there as well. And the debutante who I am most excited to see is Miss Emma Bates. Yes. Whole bunch of talent there.
1: Boise State legend. Absolutely.
0: Bates can scoot. We'll see what kind of time she can put up in her first marathon. She had a great debut half marathon. Bates made a comment about she has been eyeing the marathon distance since the day she began running. And here's her opportunity. Let's flip it to the men's side.
1: And some more Greenville love going in on the men's side.
0: Not too much, but I will be there. I will not be in this elite field, but I am looking forward to the action Training has been good, so we are going to go in cautiously optimistic. And I'll try to do the seconds flat singlet proud. But another Greenville connection, who people are probably much more excited about, former Furman runner,
1: Wilkerson Given. Benji. I'm super excited to watch uh, Wilkerson do another stab at the marathon distance. He has since uh, moved to Atlanta and joined the Atlanta Track Club. And he's finding success. He just recently won the Rock and Roll Las Vegas Half Marathon, setting a new personal best, Mm 102.40. To put that in perspective, before he ran 215 at Houston, his half marathon PR was 103.40. Yep,
0: so that is a good sign. He did that 215 high at Houston this past year at the beginning of 2018. Back in January. Be exciting to see what he
1: does. We will definitely be cheering for Wilkie Way.
0: There's some debuts I'm pretty excited about here too. A bunch of guys from the Zap Fitness Group in Blowing Rock, North Carolina who'll be there. Really excited to see what Joe Stillen, man with a lot of versatility, can do. Training has been fantastic. Heron Lagott. That's a name to watch out for.
1: Steeplechaser. Yes, Heron who's had a
0: he is somewhere in the 61s on his half-marathon PR, so we'll see what he can do. The one that I really like, Martin Hager, f- former Nazelite runner and Syracuse star on their national championship cross-country team, had a 7th place finish in the 2016 Olympic trials at the 10K, when he was a kind of a last-minute uh, addition to the field. He is coming off a course record victory in the Pittsburgh 10-miler. He seems to be super fit and ready to go while balancing this whole thing with medical school and a six-month-old kid, so good for you living in a real world. Marty is being coached by Chris Fox. He's a Reebok guy through the Charlottesville Track Club, even though he is living in Philadelphia. Coach Fox, who used to be with Syracuse, said their goal is simply to try to get him a, time, a couple minutes under the Olympic trial qualifying time, which is 2.18.59, and we will have plenty of competition targeting that at CIM. And then they don't want him to run a marathon again until the trials, but as good as his training has been, it suggests he could do something faster, so I hope he lets it rip. Anybody else you're looking at in the men's field?
1: I'm really excited for your race, man. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Uh- <laughs> I'll, add, I'll then add Matt Yano, fr- former runner with the, uh, with Nazelite, who went to Ryan Hall. He's a 2.12 low PR guy and could be another name to watch.
1: So furthering my point before you brought up Matt Yano, I am so beyond excited to see you race Travis or well track you during the race thank you yeah Uh, this build-up has almost been flawless other than some poison ivy oh and I just know how much you've put into this and I'm excited to see what happens
0: thanks buddy we're going to skip next week for the episode because I'll be flying out to California but we will come back to you in two weeks and barring what you run yes (laughs) we'll see if I'm allowed back in the state We will give you an update on what the race was like and what the winners did and my experience out there that I'm really excited for. Also really happy to see in the weather forecast, looks like some rain finally coming through for the good people of Northern California because they have been through it in recent weeks with the fires and we are praying for them. In the grand scope of things, clearing out some air quality for my race is very trivial and we would just want to send our thoughts to everyone In California. Now let's go to the end of our discussion from last week with our group of friends on Trail Talk. Now, Scott, you mentioned like your crew has to have your orange soda ready for you. (laughs) Maybe we could get a little bit of advice and thoughts on if you're crewing for someone for an Ultra, because those people are a huge part of your race, right? Mm -hmm. What goes in for the listener who wants to run a race and will have a crew or be part of a crew for someone else running? What goes into that process of being in the crew for a, a long distance trail race? Tough love. Tough love.
2: Lots of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Got to keep them going. Keep them motivated.
2: Yeah, I think it helps to really know the person. So there, you know, there's times where you can back off a little bit and say, "Yeah, we can. We can walk this." this section or take this section real slow and there's other times where you just whatever they complain about you just say i don't care we're going <laughs> yeah um,
0: that's my kind of coaching what else
2: uh, yeah. Uh, yeah i think uh, the
3: big thing is, that was well uh, said. is um <laughs> no. just lie i mean if you even if your runner comes in looking <laughs> awful just tell them just you guys have done it. Just you saying, look great, hey, man. You're doing awesome. You're so <laughs> underneath the the course. Uh, you, we've only been waiting here for ten minutes.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the the difference between you know the trail running and the road running is that you know what you're going through in the roads, but the crew does not know what you're going through on the trails. So their biggest asset is the whole mental aspect, like kind of like what Kyle said is lie to me, right? Mm-hmm. But don't but don't let me know you're lying to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So when, you know, you come in is, yes, obviously, you know, we just talked about nutrition and what we like. Um, you know, their role is to ask you what they want or what you want, you know, what you're in the mood for. Like, do you want an avocado? Do you want soda? Do you want candy? But more importantly, it's, it's the mental break. It's the mental break from like, where am I stepping? How am I doing? Where's my, what's my time? What's the next um, aid station? That kind of thing is that's the biggest void that the crew fills is like that whole mental aspect of running you know that we all go through but that's the fun part of having a good crew
1: I'm gonna build off of what John said so I like I've had the opportunity to coach at a college for cross-country this fall then he's talking about coaching like as a psychologist I know there's girls on my team if I say they look strong like they're going to buy into that and they're going to run faster. And then there's guys that I'm like, dude, the pack in front of you is breaking up. And it's like the same idea, even if it's a lie, like they kind of buy into it. You're essentially crewing that team for like six months.
5: Yeah. <laughs> so Sure. Biggest thing I have for crewing is uh, run, a, run a trail run or an ultra run and then crew one. Because crewing honestly is just as rewarding as finishing a big race as crewing for someone. And. Uh, I think it was Kyle that said you got to know the runner um, and just kind of help them out. And if you want to blare Taylor Swift at 3 a.m. on a trail to help your runner get to the next aid station, that's what you do. So you just kind of help them out. And but crewing is very rewarding. Taylor Pretty Swift, fun. huh? That uh, <laughs> was not for me. I blared that for. All oh, uh, right. Uh, okay.
6: <laughs> can, I, can I jump in as someone who just broke into the store? Yeah. I, Okay, are we cool? Is this cool? Yeah, go ahead. If it's not cool, we'll edit it out, so go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my name's Jay, Jay Baker. So I've ran some Ultras and I've cycled some Ultras. And talking about crewing for Ultras, I'll speak to Scott and Dane's advice. If you know the person, it's huge. And then yeah. if you've ran it yourself, it's huge. Some of the biggest advice I give to people who want to get into Ultras is to go to a race and just volunteer for the whole day. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get your workout in. You're not going to run. All you're going to do is wait and wait (laughs) and wait. And then you see your person for maybe 40 seconds. You make sure they're good. You Mm -hmm. feed them. You water them. You check their body. (laughs) Then they're gone. And then you get in your car and you drive to the next point. There's nothing glamorous about it at all. Other than seeing your person for 30 or 40 seconds. My dad used to drag me to all of his, uh, all of his
3: trail races back in the day. And I remember just the boredom. It's just you're, you, <laughs> you bring a book, you, you see all the leaders go by, and then you, you see your dad come out of the woods. and it's, uh, yeah. It looks awful. It's just you're trying to put on a
6: good front. It's... And then to jump back in on if you're recruiting somebody and you've ran the same race or you, and you've done an ultra yourself you know how they're gonna feel. So you're expecting them to come in, looking for positivity, they're gonna feel awful. They don't know what they want. They're hungry, they're thirsty, maybe, but you have to just provide comfort, practical advice, food, nutrition, and you, and you also, you're really responsible for them going forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: and to what you said kyle think about you know you felt like you were wasting a day as a little guy watching your dad run at times (laughs) but think of what that meant to him for you and your family to be there in that spot for sure right he's looking
3: he's looking forward to that aid station for hours yeah
0: and we have all as runners regardless of the distance and the surface and the terrain we've all been in that place where you see somebody for that 10 15 20 seconds whatever it is right and that means the world to you, right? And that's part of the, to wrap back to the community experience of, of running on a trail, when you get to see those folks that you've been waiting for for miles and miles and miles. Right? Yeah, if
3: you've been in the woods by yourself, you haven't
0: seen a human in yeah? like you know, three hours. Just seeing just
3: an aid station anywhere, where just a stranger. is. You, uh, you is hear
6: the sounds deal. in the woods. You don't know how far off it is. You don't know if it's someone's house that's playing music or if it's your aid station. But it keeps you going. Yeah. Some human interaction. And then we add some hope. When you think that you've finally gotten there and anybody that's done the Georgia Death Race, you know, is is head up to like mile 40. You think, man, the aid station is right around the corner because I hear music. It's just the mountains playing tricks with you. (laughs) It's still another hour away. Yeah. (laughs) And when you get there, it's just a speaker sitting in the middle of a road. (laughs) Bluetooth. Yeah that's got a really solid signal because no one <laughs> there's no food, there's no coffee that was promised, there's no beer, it's just you and that speaker.
0: All right, all that ultra experience is incredible and it's a great discussion, but let's bring it back to the person who is new to trail running. The first timer, second timer who wants to get out there and put in a mile or two miles on a soft surface or technical surface somewhere, where do they start? What are the first things you think about for that person making a transition from running on the road? Or maybe they've not been a runner at all and they just wanna get out on the trail to start it. For some of the reasons you've brought up, the nature, getting away from the everyday routine. First thoughts of this is where I would start if I started over as a trail runner today.
4: I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that you have to have all the gear and you have to be like a hiker or have the experience. So it's a little intimidating, Mm -hmm. you know, like going off-road. So uh, my first couple races when I moved up here from Orlando eight years ago were in uh, road shoes because, number one, I didn't know any better. But number two, (laughs) I didn't know how to get into it. So the easiest way to get into it was just to kind of – dive right Jump into in. It. Yeah. yeah. So my first run was at uh, Paris Mountain. So I would say if anything, I mean we have great local resources at Paris Mountain. Endless trails there and I mean it's really easy to get to. So just start with if you do a regular Wednesday run or a Saturday run switch it up and go to Paris Mountain. Don't worry about the miles. Just go for however
0: long in terms of minutes you would have normally run that day and just go explore it. I love that advice even for someone who's not training for the trails and doesn't have a huge interest in being a trail runner. That change of pace can be really great for your training regardless of what you're looking to do next. Kyle?
3: Yeah, and then I, I recommend uh, take a friend. You're, you're going yeah. to get lost. But it's, 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 it's more fun to, uh, to have someone else just to to kind of pass the time with. Of course, you know, look at the map, you know, the the trails ahead of time if you can take a picture, but um, have someone who has kind of is like-minded, who has similar interests. And um, if if they know the course great, if not, even better. It's it's, it's more fun just to get lost. Explore, right?
0: That's part of the fun of it. That's where it came from.
1: Uh, So like we've talked about with training in the past, like introducing a new exercise or mileage in moderation, uh, I've injured myself several times just jumping on the trail every day and like doing all these huge summits and descents. And uh, my hips weren't strong enough for yeah. it, my glutes weren't strong enough for it, and I got yeah, myself no. hurt. Uh, don't so
0: underestimate I, your glutes.
1: Intru- yeah, <laughs> introduce yourself to it slowly and get to know each other before you're like on the trail every single day.
0: Yeah, it's a whole different musculoskeletal impact that you're dealing with for sure. Dane.
5: Say on that, if you're used to. Uh, Uh, Road running and you're running on the swamp rabbit or whatever distances you're training for um, You don't necessarily have to run on the trail So go to Paris Mountain and hike for a weekend Mm -hmm. get comfortable with the trails and comfortable with uh, the Climbing and the descents and just kind of the trail system out there You don't have to run it your first time. So just kind of go out there and Mm -hmm. walk around and poke around and enjoy it Scott yeah, I grew up
2: if I go way back, I think my first trail run was probably, I don't know, before I was 10 years old, probably a half a mile on my family's farm. <laughs> cool. um, you know, it was just a, a neat experience. I just think, just get out. Even if you walk a mile, walk two miles, whatever, whatever it is, you're going to feel better. I think that's what trail walking or trail running is all about. Who cares how fast you're going, how far you're going. It's just getting out there, being with nature. Throwing on a pair of shoes and, and doing it. Cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Let's send it all the way around the table here for a bunch of favorites we have mm-hmm. now. Okay, so I want to hear from you your favorites from a ton of different categories over your time running trails. Stuff that could be great for the beginner, the intermediate, the advanced runner. Uh, let's start with trail
2: shoes. Scott. Brooks. Cascadia. A can't say I have much experience with anything else. It's all I've worn. It's all I probably will wear. That's all I have to say about that. You're a
0: one-shoe man. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Beautiful. God,
3: I'm, the, uh, I'm the Nike Wild Horse. I did the Cascadius for a while. I did the uh, jumped over the Wild Horse a couple years ago. I find it's a lighter shoe. It's a quicker shoe. It's durable. I've climbed 14ers with them. I've run hundreds with them. Uh, that, that is
4: my tried and true shoe. That big toe box, man. <laughs> awesome. Mm. I started with the Brooks Cascadia, and I still stay in the family. I'm with the Brooks Adrenaline ASR. It's just the trail version of their best Rochu.
1: Training-wise, the Nike Wild Horse, Mm -hmm. and then the A6 Fuji Racer. Oh, yeah.
0: Fuji Racer, nice. I like that. Yep.
1: Dane. I'm going to go old
5: school with Hoka Stinson ATR, uh, but I typically have now uh, upgraded to the Hoka Speed Goat.
0: Very nice. That's my go-to. High-end cushions. Lots on the of trail. cushions underneath your foot there. All right, aid station food. Scott, best thing you've ever had at an aid station
2: well, during a trail rest. Second to orange soda or nerds. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would have to say, honestly, just potato chips. Mm-hmm. It's simple, mm-hmm. but um, it's got salt that on salt, them. Salt, yeah. And you know, any aid station where there's potato chips. I'm going to grab a handful, two handfuls, before I leave that aid, st- aid station.
3: Mm. Yes. Kyle? It's uh, it's few and far between, and I really don't eat much meat, but if there's ever any anything bacon, you're getting <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, 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 the protein, you're getting the sodium. <clears throat> yes. uh, Big point. Usually, mm-hmm. John has to steer
4: me away from most aid stations that has bacon. <laughs> Johnny? Yeah, I'd have to say the same thing as bacon or actually hot dog. I've couple of races where... (laughs) Well, and that's the thing about trail running is you you come into a aid station and you think you're going to have like Gatorade water and, you know, a goo, but your body tells you something else. Mm -hmm. You you get in there and you go, that hot dog looks (laughs) amazing.
1: Ben? Well, since the farthest I've raced on trail is 12K they only have one water aid station on that course so just keep you hydrated so water
0: water yeah beautiful pure
1: i talked about a lot
5: of things earlier the potatoes and all that but um Mm -hmm. if i could have one thing and one thing only chips ahoy Mm -hmm. chocolate chip cookies oh very really right there i'll grab a handful of those like scott grabbing potato chips Mm -hmm. i'll grab multiple cookies Uh, soft
6: soft or crunchy the soft ones kind of jump in so good can the brother jump in? Yeah, we got you. Please. You just did. Go. I'm going to go with three things mashed potato burritos, <laughs> fresh avocado, and the broth from ramen noodles. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. oh, yeah. I mean, oh wow. Okay, i the sodium. Oh, yeah. the
0: chicken noodle soup. I believe oh. they call that the triumvirate of the trail. <laughs> <laughs> just the water. Favorite trails to run locally in the upstate or western North Carolina?
2: Of course, you know, as I'll probably speak for, for a lot of people here, but Paris Mountain is one of the, the favorites yeah. in Greenville. Um, I also lived kind of close to Conestee, and I I love mixing. I'll do like a, you know, it's about three miles away from my place to Conestee, so I'll do a, a run to Conestee, do yeah. a few loops around, and then run back. So locally, those, those would be my two.
3: If I'm uh, if I have the time, I think the uh, the in Trail is is bar none one of the best you can get. I mean, if you're any race that you have coming up, it, it has just about anything you're looking for. But yeah. if I'm short on time, the uh, Greenville Country Club Golf Course, I go Riverside. Uh, I think it's a little bit uh, of a better terrain uh, and a lot nicer
4: neighbors. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll piggyback what Scott said. Is Paris Mountain so easy to get to? It's and it's beautiful. The they don't get enough credit for how they keep those trails so awesome to run and beautiful. And then Connesty as well. I've run out at Conestey a handful of times. And those are two places that are 10 minutes away. It's very easy.
1: Uh, I'm going to go with DuPont. There's just mm. so much elevation change back there. You're going to grow some chest hair. Mm. I love some good chest hair.
0: Yeah. Always known that about you. <laughs> <laughs>
5: love... <laughs> Local, obviously, Paris Mountain. Love it. A lot of miles out there. And then venturing a little further out, if you can uh, drive a little bit, big fan of Jones Gap. Uh, Huge fan. Rainbow Falls and just really anything out there. So if you can get out there, big fan of that. I'll second Kyle's
0: vote for shut-in. Tough to beat. Your single favorite trail experience, whether in a race or on a trail run, a moment that sticks out to you from the trail that just epitomizes trail running for you. Now I'm kind of putting you guys on the spot on that one. That's that's tough to probably just pick one. Our first 50 miler, um,
3: Dane, John, myself, and I. We we uh, we did the North that, Face. Quite a group
0: before there. Dane, John, myself. <laughs> And I. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 uh, I see that
1: right.
3: yep. one? So, um, uh, it, it's just it, it's it's kind of a uh, it's a selfish sport, you know. It's it's a lot of um, you're by yourself, uh, you're away from your family. But I feel like that that first race, I mean, just hanging out with with the guys for upwards of, how long has it take us? Nine hours, eight hours, you know,
4: ten hours, and forty.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> I, keeping I track. Don't even remember bridge, what we yeah. talked about, but just being able to uh, just kind of shoot the shit for the, for that long a time and just have guy time
4: and, and trail talk for that amount of time that'll always resonate with me i, I feel like i think my favorite is and you know there's something a topic we haven't touched on is that actually kyle did was uh training and getting into your first trail run was do it with a friend <laughs> so that's actually how me kyle scott and dane sorry ben got into trail running is that we signed up all for these races together and then we did them together not only did we train together we did them together so being able to be with each other in the highs and lows because if you you say there's like you know like right there's three of us here four of us here excuse me they would like run a race together well not every single one of us would hit a low at the same time or the high at the same time Mm -hmm. so there was actually a lot of dragging and making fun of during those races and during the training runs that just makes the whole thing so, like, 10 times more enjoyable. Where it's like, man, do you remember when we made fun of Dane and then he just, because he, he was dying? Just took him off. Was, <laughs> so we were doing a trail run at Paris Mountain. Dane was like dying, and we were making fun. of him. We, we started calling him Christopher Walken because he, <laughs> he was walking. He was walking on a flat part, a flat part of Paris Mountain. He was stranded. Yes, and Kyle and I were just laughing like crazy at him. And Dane doesn't say a word and takes off, and he starts running. Sub si- uh,
3: probably about sub seven, so like six thirties on the trail. Really, trail. Yeah.
4: That that's the best part. That that that's the best part. I, I laughed so hard that day. Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
1: So, my junior year of college, I lived with this Kenyan kid named Stanley, who is probably the greatest runner I've ever met, talent-wise. And we were out mm-hmm. at DuPont one day and we were running with this guy named James, uh not Brooks? the one who works here. No, okay. James Page. <laughs> and it was like It was super muddy because it had rained the night before, and we, like, went to the sides of the trail, and James shoved Stanley into the middle to, like, hold his ground. And Stanley goes in the mud, and he's like, Ben, let's drop this guy. (laughs) So we take off as hard as we can. We ran uphill for four miles. And, like, we're going around what we didn't know was the last curve before the summit, and he asked me to walk. I was like, yeah. So we walked, like, 50 meters and then realized we were at the top. (laughs) So one thing that uh, I really, really enjoyed
5: with, uh, with all of us is, just like John said, we signed up for races together and um, we would run these races together. We all signed up for GDR together and um, unfortunately Scott, I think, got the flu or something before, uh, this was a couple years ago. We were all uh, running the race and we're all at whatever mile it is, mile 20, 30, whatever, and Scott just shows up. <laughs> Just shows up out of nowhere. where We're all hating life. It's a miserable day. It's raining all day. And Scott shows up and goes, hey, guys, what's up? I'm, I'm, you guys doing all right? All right, let's do this. Let's finish. I'm going to pace you guys the rest of the time. And then, like, that's what it's all about. Just like that community. You don't know like what's coming up or what's going on. And just one of your best friends just shows up. And all of a sudden, like, all the pain goes away. And you're all good. You're good to go. And you're having fun again. So it just kind of goes back to the community aspect of it, and that that really just adds to the whole like trail experience. And
0: for cool. our listeners who like to read about the trail, anybody have any book recommendations? Yeah, I uh, I
3: love, love the Scott Jurek book Eat uh, Eat Eat and Run. Mm-hmm. Um, each chapter kind of gives uh, a different race, and uh, Scott Jurik's just a badass, um, and then he's one of the Almost the, the forefathers of ultra yeah. running, in my opinion. One of the mm-hmm. legends, for sure. Just a lot of great recipes also, if you're into that uh, cooking kind of thing. Yeah.
0: You know we are.
4: I haven't read any books about ultra running. Not a lot. But there's also a really good reference is YouTube. Mm-hmm. So now a lot of races do, especially trail races, they do YouTube like pre-races uh, or previews yeah. Of
0: the course. See the course ahead of time.
4: Right. So they'll do, you know, like drones and stuff like that of the course. So you can see how like pretty and scenic the race is. And it yeah. really it draws you in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like uh, Trailblazer by Ryan Sands. Yeah. We mentioned this on Western our summer w- yeah, reading list. Yeah. We did. Yeah. I mean. Oh, cool. He went from like hating his nine to five job to deciding to run ultras and then ultimately winning the biggest hundred mile race in the world. story. So it's really story. cool to like read his journey.
5: Dane. Uh, one of the books I picked up when I first started just trail running in general, not even ultra running, is called "A uh, Relentless Forward Progress." It's by uh, Byron Powell. Um, it's just a really good book. goes from the beginner all the way up to the ultra marathoner. Very nice read and gives you a lot of like good insights.
3: Cool.
2: You know, all I, all I would have to add is for me, it's more not necessarily books, but seeing pictures of you know places. You know, just for example, UTMB. Mm-hmm. You know, i followed a few people on Instagram who, who just ran this past year and just seeing their pictures of, you know, the local scenery and that just really wants me to, to get into it.
6: Uh, to, to, to piggyback on John, my, my daughters make fun of me because I don't read. So I do. do. <laughs> um, whatever speaks to you. If you find a medium that speaks to you, you got to go with that, and to to jump on Kyle too, if if you're lucky enough to have friends that love to do this stuff, it's huge.
0: To a point that you just brought up, Scott, and anybody who wants to jump in here is welcome to. Uh, You mentioned following some people on social media. Any recommendations on a good follow on social media for the folks who are there who want to see somebody from the Trail or Ultra community?
2: I believe her name's Sally McRae. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's constantly posting pictures uh, where she's training or running. I believe she has two kids herself, uh, so she's not only handling her professional career but handling all the duties of being a mom as well.
3: I uh, I'm a big fan of uh, uh, Tim Tollison is one of uh, mm-hmm. the uh, the Hoka runners and. One of the big things also is um, he's a physical therapist, so I, I dig that he still has his full-time job while still working or, or running as a uh, professional athlete. And then anything Billy Yang ever puts out on, on, on oh, YouTube or anything, great. I love his oh, yeah.
4: videos. Absolutely. I'll piggyback what Kyle said. Billy Yang does a really great job of documenting um, trail running on YouTube, and it's all for free. And then um, I haven't posted anything on social media since two
6: thousand (laughs) thirteen. Really? All right, right. you're my kind of guy. Yeah, love it.
1: So I'm gonna go with David Laney, who's sponsored by Nike. At like aesthetically speaking, and mustache speaking,
0: which we always are. No
1: Mm -hmm. one compares. Also, I really like his background, coming from the track and being a professional road runner, Mm -hmm. and making that transition to the trails is really inspiring to me. Nice, Ben.
5: Yeah. Love it. Dave? I was going to say a uh, big fan of uh, Jim Walmsley and the
0: Coconino Cowboys. Boom, boom. Um, or Cappuccino Cowboys. And if you could only run one trail race for the rest of your life, it's your only shot on the trail. Ouch. Mm. What's it going to be? Mm. I don't care the distance,
1: where it is, it's your only one. The Western States 100 miler pretty good <laughs> that's,
4: uh, that's uh yeah hey, it's a hell of a trail the mount mitchell 40 miler yeah Ooh. Uh, oh mm-hmm.
5: on in north on, carolina and i love that i've done the 40 i've done the marathon i love that on my bucket list and I, i'll throw this in as the vote uh, is the hard rock
2: 100
0: okay for sure
2: for me it may be vermont uh 100 i have a little bit of uh I don't know what you would want to call it, but I had a DNF there. Little to,
0: unfinished business. Unfinished yes.
5: business. <laughs> yes, all right.
2: Um, yeah. Itching to get back there. Sure, Kyle. Yeah,
3: um, I've uh, a, lot of, a lot of trails here. I, I love to shut in. Um, I, I cannot uh, convey that enough. Come on, tradition um,
5: start there, man. <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> but I, I grew up. Uh, I, I grew up in college running, uh, at Jack's beach. And, uh, it's not really a trail, but jetty to jetty. The, uh, that you can run the beach there on, on, a, on, a low tide. You could run the beach. It's like a cement, uh, just <laughs> awesome trail. I miss it. I miss it a lot.
5: Jetty to jetty. Jetty to jetty. Is that jetty, what we're man. talking about? Yeah. yeah. Low tide. <laughs> All right. Dang. So
1: I have a question for John. So you said Mount Mitchell. So you waited like years to get into Western. Why does Mount Mitchell have a preference to you over Western?
4: So Mount Mitchell, this would be my ninth year in... He's wearing the fleece. By yeah. <laughs> he is wearing the fleece. This, this will be horses. my ninth year in February doing it. And every single year it's been different. And I think it's because it's in North Carolina in February. Mm-hmm. So I've done mm-hmm. it in four feet of snow and also in 70 degree weather. Wow. Yeah. Cool. That's cool. So every single year has been different. It's the same course. I know what to expect for the course, but I don't know what to expect with the weather.
0: And that's a a perfect analogy to the trail in general. Changing right in front of you, right before your eyes, to bring you back to where we started. About You have to be plotting steps ahead, not just that next stride. And preparing for anything that could happen out there. It's a whole different ballgame than on the road. Gentlemen, thanks for coming in had a lot of fun, and maybe we'll do something like this again soon. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time on the Seconds Flat Running Podcast. As always, please reach out to us, secondsflatpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear some ideas for what you might want to hear on the show in 2019. It's almost that time. Talk to everybody soon. Bye.